This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. So we're on a series this month, Spirit, Soul, and Body series. But uh, you, you are a spirit. Say, I'm a speaking spirit. And so God, you know, we found out last week, we discovered last week that we are created in God's image. And, um, and so all mankind is created in God's image. And, and so we're like a triune being. We're, we're a spirit. We, we have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. And we have a body. Amen. And so we, we found that out that we, we are actually created, especially if, if you're, you're born again. And we're going to talk about that when you receive Jesus your spirit is recreated, and I have to go this go one little go a little stronger. Your your spirit is created in the God class. Boy, that's complaining. Your spirit is created in the God class. In other words, you know God has a desire to communicate with us. Is that awesome? God doesn't just have a desire to communicate. He has a desire to fellowship with us. And you think about this. God is so awesome. And God is so mighty and great. And so, you know, he's highly, you know, God's highly intelligent. <laughs> and uh, and, he, and he's, he, he has a desire to fellowship with us. And, and with our intelligence level compared to God is, you know, you know what I'm saying? But God has a desire to fellowship with us. With you. And look at your neighbor and says, even, and even you too. No, don't say that. But, but, uh, but God has a desire to fellowship with you. And so he created us in his image and in his likeness. That's the reason why the devil hates us so much. Do you know you have an enemy? And it's, it's, it's not your spouse. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. It's not your boss. It's the devil. And you've got to understand that. And he hates us because we are made in, in God's image and, and God loves us so much. And so what the devil will try to do is hurt God. You know, the devil can't hurt, hurt God personally. Well, he can in a sense. When he, when he attacks us, he's trying to hurt God. Amen. Amen. And so I love this in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians five seventeen. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, the thing is, I love that scripture because it just tells me that that when I receive Christ, my past sins, my past failures are wiped away. But the unfortunate thing is we still can remember them. So even though we're saved and we have a spirit, we have a new heart, um, we still have a mind that still can think about the old stuff. Isn't that right? But, you know, that's the reason why we got to, you know, renew our mind to who we are in Christ and not who we are in the crisis of life. So we got to renew our mind. I, I like... What um, it says in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10, I love this. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, 
uh, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained, uh, now that, but now have obtained mercy. So we see here Peter is saying, not only are we new creations in Christ, as Paul says, but Peter says we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a called out people. We're a holy nation. Can I get it? Somebody get excited about that. So amen. So we are, listen, we belong to God Almighty. And listen, if you, you belong to God, God is watching over you. And, you know, and, and the devil can't touch this. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? The devil wants to destroy your life. But you're, you are a new generation. I like what it says in 2 Corinthians 6, 14 and 7, through 17. It says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. And I love that because if we're going to get a revelation of who we are in Christ, you might need to let go of some of your worldly friends. Oh, did I? I'm stepping on toes now. You might need to get out of an atmosphere where people that are unbelievers, they, they have a way of uh, 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 tainting our faith. Now, I'm not, you know, you know in other words... You, it, it, it's okay to fellowship if you're trying to get God to them. But, but, it, but if you're just hanging out and just, just kind of not, not putting God in there and you're, and you're not in a, on a mission to get them saved, then you might need to cut some of these relationships off. Amen? Because it will, it will hurt us in how we see God. Amen. Amen? You can't hang with God and hang with the devil too. Amen. And so we have to get we have to sometimes we have to cut off some of those ties. So he says here, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers for what fellowship uh, uh, has righteousness with lawlessness. So this is a contrast here. He's uh, Paul is saying here in, uh, to us and to the Corinthian church is that, you know, when we get saved, we're righteousness and the unsaved person is lawlessness. You got that? So, so, so in other words, um, I, I know we get this idea and sometimes we, we know that you know, we were, we're sinners saved by grace. But, but I, I don't like the idea that, we, that you call yourself a sinner. I think you need to call yourself a saint. Amen. Because you were a sinner, but you received Jesus... Now you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you have to see yourself righteous and not as a sinner. Amen. you got to get a revelation that you have right standing with God, not because of your performance, per se, because, you know, we're, we're all going to mess up. But just because I mess up everyone once in a while doesn't make me a sinner. I only become a sinner from a saint If I continue in sin and do not repent and move forward in that, then you can call me a sinner. But if I'm trying to walk the straight and narrow, trying to keep the Ten Commandments, trying to love God with all my heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Then you're not in the sinner class. 
you're in the saint class. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? So, so we are, say I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. See, that's the key. We have to be in Christ Jesus. Amen. In other words, Jesus said that we're supposed to bear fruit. And the only way we're going to bear fruit is to abide in him. So we have to abide in God. How do you do that? You abide in him through fellowshipping with him. Every day, having an everyday fellowship with God. You talk with him. You walk with him. You know, and, and, you, and you, you, you just talk to God. You communicate with him. Amen. And, and, and we, we do that through the word. We do that through church. We do that through connecting with each other. Amen. And so he's saying here again, for what fellowship have righteousness with lawlessness. We're not in the lawlessness class. Amen. Amen. We don't practice sin. Amen. <laughs> and I, I need to get a, a, a stronger amen from that. And <laughs> what communion has light with darkness. So, so he's saying what communion has light. So Jesus actually said this way. He said when he was preaching, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Right. And so he's saying that a saved person, we're light and a person that's not saved is darkness. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so despite what some people might say that in a sense, we're, you know, some people say we're all children of God. You know, you, you hear this universal God is the universal father of all of us. In a sense, yes, but in a sense, no. Because yes, in a sense, God did create all of us. Amen. And it says, but not all of us are in God's family. Are you, are you, only way you can get into the kingdom of God is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Amen. And that's how we get into the kingdom of God. That's how we, we are translated out of the kingdom of darkness into God's kingdom of, of his dear son's love. Amen. And so it says here, and what communion has light with darkness and, and what accord has Christ with Belial. So we're called, in a sense, the body. We're the body of Christ. So what does that mean? Christ uh, is not, you know, his name or title. It, it means that. Christ means Messiah, but it actually means he's, he's the anointed one. Christ means the anointed one. And I'm going to say this to you today. You are anointed. You have the grace of God that can cause you to overcome in any circumstance and in any situation. You're stronger than you think. You can overcome anything that's coming against you. You believe that today? Because you are in the God class. Amen. So it says here, uh, what agreement has the temple of God? We're the temple of God with idols. For you are the temple of the living God. And God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from amongst them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. That's powerful. I love that. So, so what will warp uh, or the, the um, 
uh, or how we see ourselves is us getting a little bit of the world and a little bit of God. You got to separate from the world. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You can't have a little bit of the world. A lot, a lot, some Christians, they just go, you know, church Sunday morning, praise God for that. But they don't spend any time with God during the week, but they spend time, you know, you know, watching TV and watching the idiot box. Okay, we'll continue. And, um, and watching stuff that, that, that has no God in it. It has no moral fiber in it. And then we're wondering why we having problems with sin. Amen. And so, you know, uh, you know, I'm not preaching against TV. I'm just saying that we need to be selective what comes into our eye gates and what comes into our ear gates. Because because what what comes in will eventually go out. And I want God's word to come in. So it can go out and bless people. Amen. I like what it says in Revelation. It says uh, Revelation chapter one, five and six. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness of the firstborn from the dead and the ruler over all the kings of the earth. So so Jesus is the firstborn from the dead ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. He has made us kings and priests to his God and father. To him be the glory and dominion forever and ever. So we see here that that Jesus is a king, but he's king of kings and he's Lord of lords. And we're kings and we're priests. I'm just kind of recapping just a little bit of what I ministered last week because we tend to forget. You're a king. Amen. Say, say I'm a king in the kingdom of God. And I love this because in Romans 5 and 17, it says this way, uh, the Amplified Classic Edition says, for, it, it, for if because of one man's trespass, lamps, lapse of offense, death reigned through that one, talking about Adam, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them in right standing with himself, shall reign as kings in life through one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. So here, Paul is getting a revelation that, that we have the gift of righteousness and that we have abundance of grace when we receive Christ into our life and that we should reign like kings on this earth. Think about that. In other words, you should be reigning in your domain. In other words, I'm telling you, a bad attitude should not be overtaking any one of us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In other words, we should be taking authority in the areas where the enemy's trying to take ground in our life. And we got to tell the devil to back off. And you know what? It may take it may be a process, but eventually he has to go. Why? Because you're called to reign like a king on this earth. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? We're supposed to, we're, we're not pulpers. We're, we're not just people, just, just pilgrims, just trying to make it through until we get to heaven and hopefully we'll make it through. No, no, you're not just going to make it through. You're going to be triumphant. You're going to walk this life triumphant. You're going to walk into the kingdom of God, tri- not all tattered and torn and tore up, glory to God, but you're coming in more than a conqueror. 
Are you listening to what I'm saying today? Because I'm looking, I don't, I'm not looking at whipped people today. You say, but pastor, I feel a little whipped. You're, I'm not looking at people that are defeated this morning. You're not the defeated church. You are the triumphant church. Are you listening to what I'm saying? You've got to get your thinking right. Amen. And so you've got to think about who you are in Christ and get a revelation. So we, 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 we're discovering that, that, that that's the key to really walking triumphant in Christ. Amen. And so let's, let's uh, look at this. Is that Today I want to focus on, that's enough of my recap today. Today I, I want to focus on keys to developing your spirit man. Keys to developing your spirit, man. You know, um, we, lots of people spend lots of money on fitness diets and weights and machines. And, and you have people that are professional bodybuilders. You ever see those people? You ever see the magazines and these people look just, un, they look almost ungodly. You know, I mean, they got muscles on mu- top of muscles. You ever see these fitness magazines? I've been to one of these shows where these guys flex and I'm telling you, wow, man, it reminds me of me. No, I'm kidding. But um, <laughs> as my daughter would say, oh, daddy, you know, okay. <laughs> oh, daddy. <laughs> Amen. But anyway, don't be laughing so much. Come on. And, um, but, 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 but there are bodybuilders and they build their bodies with weights. Amen. In other words, you can you can create any look you want to in your body. You may say, I beg to differ, Pastor. Uh, No, you can you can you can you can build your body up. Glory to God. Everybody has their best body. Amen. And then number two, we'll move off that. Number two, you can uh, there are intellectuals that build their minds with worldly knowledge. You know, the people with the PhDs. Amen. And those are the master degrees. What, what does PhD stand for? Post hole digger. No, no. Um, you might have a PhD. I'm not, hey, I'm not against higher education. Praise God for it. But there's a higher, higher education than just worldly information. And that's biblical information. And if you get biblical information, you can fly above the intellectuals. Amen. And so as Christians, we build our spirits up with what? The word of God. We build our spirits up with the word of God. And the word of God is the key. And that's why the devil will try to keep you from studying the word of God. He'll try to keep you from having a devotional time. Every day we should be having a devotional time with the Lord Breaking out the word of God, putting that word of God in us so we can build ourselves up because the storm is coming. The storms of life are coming and you better be you better be on the rock of the word of God, the revealed word of God, because the devil is trying to blow some of us out of the water. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? But, but I know this crowd, you guys are studying the word of God. And, and the key we want to do this, we want to study the word of God because we want to be able to withstand those storms and come back fighting. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? I love what it says in Proverbs 18, 14. It says, a strong spirit of a man sustains 
him in bodily pain and trouble, but a weak and broken spirit who can raise up or bear. So, so, so in Proverbs it's saying that it's a strong spirit of a man that will sustain him when all hell is breaking loose against him. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? And so you're here this morning so you can get some faith, so you can stand because the storms are coming. You're either coming out of a storm or going into one. Pastor, you don't need to prophesy that over my life. Listen, if you're going to walk with God, there's going to be things the enemy's going to do to try to keep you from moving and advancing in the kingdom of God. But you know what? No weapon formed against you shall prosper in Jesus' name. You better have an arsenal against the enemy when he starts attacking your mind and telling you you're nothing and you're not going anywhere and and you're going down for the count. No, you better say something out of your mouth and you better know some word. That's the only way you're going to be able to defeat the devil in your desert. You can't go on the other side, and, and I guess there's, there's immature Christians will, will just, you know, when all the things going against them, they will start crying and pouting and saying, this is my party, and I'll cry if I want to. i cry if I want to. Amen? No, listen, yo, no, you got to stand up. Yes, you may get hit, you may shed a couple tears, but you wipe those tears off, you stand back up, and you start marching, and marching, and marching, and marching to victory. And you keep pressing in until you see the, 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 the blessings of, the God, of God in your life. Amen? And so, and so it's a strong spirit of man that will sustain him in bodily pain and trouble. Amen? I love that. And I love what another way reason why we want to build up our spirit is because in Proverbs 20, 27 says this. The spirit of man is a candle of the Lord searching the inward parts of the belly. And that's kind of weird. Just it just sounds kind of weird. What does that mean? That means that God will communicate to us through our spirits. God is not a mind. He's not going to communicate to you. Through your mind, he's going to communicate to you through your spirit. It's normally it's an inward witness. Are you hear what I'm saying today? And the reason why he wants to lead us through an inward witness and inward knowing, um, because he doesn't normally speak in in words uh, to our minds, because the devil can do that. The devil can give you a thought. You 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 got to be very careful in the mind realm. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? We got to be very careful in, in hearing thoughts. And you got to really be very careful saying that I'm, I'm hearing from God. You know, God's speaking to me. He's telling me I need to go get pizza tonight. You know, listen, you got you to be very careful because God leads you through an inward witness. The devil will work on your mind. Amen. And, and the word of God is faith food. And so we have to understand this. If we're going to build our faith up, we have to meditate on the word of God. That's the first key. You have to meditate on that word of God to get you strong. Amen. And so, uh, so Jesus said this way, man shall not live, Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so listen, the way we live 
uh, spiritually is by receiving the word of God. But more than just reading the Bible is when God speaks to us through his word, which is called rhema. When God starts revealing truth to us, you know, it'd be times I'd be reading my devotional and, and that is the exact thing I needed for that day because I was encountering something. And I would read the devotional and I, oh, wow, God's talking to me. And it was something that I needed. That's why you should have a devotional time every day, because you don't know when you need that word. And you need to spend time with God every day in the word. Amen. So I'm talking to you today about the first key. And the first key to build your spirit man up is to meditate on the word of God. Now, you know, when we hear that word meditate or meditation, uh, you know, sometimes we get this idea of a monk up on a mountain just humming. And, you know, meditation is more than just humming or chanting some, you know, uh, you know, inconceivable word or sounds. It's more than that. Amen. So the Bible has a lot to say about meditation and meditation. And what I'm saying is meditating on the word of God is to take the word of God, to think on, to ponder, to speak out loud. And so we need to take the word of God. I, I, I looked this up today and, uh, you know, according to National Science Foundation, the average person has about 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. I think that's way too. I don't think I have that many thoughts. I don't know where they're getting there. I mean, I don't think about anything at times. My, my, I'm a blank. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Some of you are blank right now. I'm just not. <laughs> uh, listen, listen. Uh, we have between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts a day. Now, look at this. This, this is according to uh, National Science Foundation. I don't know how credible they are. And, um, and 80% of those thoughts are negative. <laughs> they say 80% of our thoughts, in other words, we're going with the Murphy Law. <laughs> if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong. <laughs> if it's going to be a bad message, it's going to be today, this Sunday morning. as <laughs> when I'm here. <laughs> no, listen, we can't go with Murphy Law. Amen. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you've heard that before, Murphy's Law, which means if it's going to go wrong, it's going to go wrong. In other words, sometimes we think it's better to think it's the worst case scenario than the best case scenario. So we won't be disappointed. Is that why? Well, you know, think the worst case scenario so it won't be, so you won't go in there too hyped up and then you won't be disappointed. But no, I think you ought to think that's going to be good no matter what. I think you need to start changing the way you think. Amen? It says here, um, uh, 80% are negative and 95% are repetitive thoughts all through the day. So if, it says if we repeat those negative thoughts, we think negative ways more than we think positive thoughts. Uh, our co- 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 cognitive behavior, I got it out. Therapists have a term for it. It's called ants. Ants. Automatic negative thoughts. Amen. All negative thoughts are not bad. Being alert can help you survive the most negative 
uh, thoughts are useless. The only, they only create imaginary drama in your mind. So we, we don't want to think what's the worst case scenario or whatever. We want to start thinking the best case scenario. In other words, whatever the enemy may seem to be doing bad in your life, I, I want to have a thought that says God can turn it to good. In other words, see, God will turn to good every negative thing for those who love him. In other words, he he will work it out for our good. He will work out whatever negative he can work it out if we have the right mind thought on it. In other words, God's working. Somebody say God's working it out. So, so we need to meditate on the word uh, of God, and, will, uh, and this word will cause us to prosper. Look at Psalms 1 and 1 through 3. It says here, uh, Bless is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Look, look at that. Blessed is the man, or empowered is the man to prosper. The word blessed means empowered to prosper. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, this is Psalms 1, 1 through 3. Nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law his, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does prospers. So we're seeing here, the psalmist is saying here, I know you guys read this before. He's saying the man is blessed that's not getting ungodly counsel. That's not trying to seek out information from people that that are ungodly. Because that information is twisted. It's corrupt. It comes from a worldly point of view. You know, sometimes we, we try to turn on Dr. Feel Good to see... If, you know, if he can help us out in our issues and our problems. No, you need to turn on Dr. Jesus. Dr. Phil. Okay. Um, say I'm sharp. I'm quick. And I'm good looking. Some of you might have to say that by faith. And I'm a major blessing. Amen. So, so listen, the perception of who we are will be the perception of how people see us. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? Our perception. And when you start seeing Jesus and the, the beauty of Jesus, that beauty reflects back to us. And as we start confessing who we are in Christ, what we have in Christ and what we can do in Christ, it starts becoming a reality in our life. And it says here that we don't want to walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the path of sinners. That's hanging out with the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. We don't want to be criticized and minimizing like everybody else does. But it says, but his law, but his delight, the Christian's delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaves shall not wither, and whatever he does prospers. I love that because I don't want my leaf withering, and I want to prosper in everything that I do. Amen. Think about that. And so, he, so the psalmist is saying what I just said. Get, your, get, get out from worldly friendships that may be dragging you down. Get, get, you know, if they're not putting Christ in you and they're worldly, even Christians can be worldly, and they may, you may be... Un, 
unequally yoked with them, you might need to limit your time with those type of people. Amen. Amen. Why? Because they can drag you down. Romans 12, 2 says it this way. And, it's, and it's, I believe that, that pa- Apostle Paul got this right here, inspiration from Psalms 1 and 3. He says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, so, so Paul is saying that there is a possibility for us to be conformed to the world. In other words, there's a possibility for us Christians to look like the world, act like the world, respond like the world. But we're not supposed to look like the world, act like the world, respond. When something bad comes our way, we say, hallelujah, glory to God. Why? Because God is going to bring you through it. We, we don't respond the same way. It says, count it all joy when, when, when you in, encounter trials and tribulations and count it all joy. Why? Because the, God is bigger than that thing that you're facing today. Amen. God is bigger. Say, God is bigger. And so God is bigger. So you need to count it all joy because it's just a faith test. And you got to have faith trials to, 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 to overcome the faith Test, amen. In other words, you got to have great victories come out of great battles. And if you're not having a battle, then you're not going to have a great victory. In other words, every test will come with a testimony at the end if you can respond the right way. Because whatever the enemy's trying to do for your demise, for your family's demise, is going to be turned around. I believe that God is working good out of all those things that seemingly seem to be pushing us back. He's going to work it out good and he's going to advance us in it. When Apostle Paul, when he was in prison, it looked like he was building churches, but he ended up being thrown in prison. He did his greatest work by writing the letters to the church. And now it's in the Bible. It looked like that the devil was trying to keep him back, but the gospel was advancing even in the even in the place where he was jailed. He, the, the devil couldn't keep the gospel from going out. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So no matter what jail cell you may feel like you're in today, God's going to work some good and he's going to bring you out of it. And you're going to have a victory port at the end. Say, I believe that. You gotta believe that. You got don't give up. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't throw in the towel. The Bible says we just have need of patience. So after we've done the will of God, we will receive the promise. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So we need to uh, continue to meditate on the word of God. We need to cut ourselves off from those worldly influences. Amen. I like what it says in Joshua 1, 8 and 9. It says the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Amen. And so I love this because uh, this is, you know, this is Joshua. He, he's uh, an untried leader. Moses just died. 
And, uh, and Joshua is now, he has the task of bringing the children of Israel uh, into the promised land. And, and Moses was unable to do that. But Joshua was raised up to do that. Glory to God. And, and God told Joshua, this is what you need to do. You need to meditate on the word of God. You need to be strong and of good courage. You need to you need advance forward no matter what it looks like. You need to press in. You need to meditate on the word. And when you meditate on your word, you will have goods. You will make your way successful. Amen. You can't go wrong by walking out uh, and, and, and obeying, walking in and obeying the word of God. Amen. Amen. And so this is powerful. So, so the book of law shows not depart out of your mouth. So how do you meditate on the word of God? You speak the promises of God over and over again. Amen. When the enemy's talking to your mind and telling you you won't make it, you know, you know, the, no, you just you have to confess the word of God. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I'm the church. The gates of hell cannot prevail against me or my finances or my family. You need to start speaking the right things out of your mouth. The Bible says angels, uh, they heed to, the, to God's word. Angels are at our beck and call when we speak the promises of God out of our mouths. Amen. Where, where's that found at, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. Psalms 103, verse 20. Angels hearken to the voice of God's word. And so how do we give God's word voice? We give it by speaking his promises out of our mouths. See, the, see listen, the devil's more scared of you than you think. The reason why he's launching an attack on you and your family and coming against you, because he knows you have so much potential, that you have a calling on your life, and that if you get in that calling, he knows that his days are going to be numbered in your life. He knows that there's a calling. Listen, if you weren't in such a battle today, uh, I'm telling you, it's be, the reason why you are again in that battle is because you have a great calling on your life. And the devil is trying to stop you short, keep you from advancing forward in the kingdom of God. See, the devil wouldn't waste his his time on somebody that that wasn't going to do anything in the kingdom. No, he attacks those that that have the potential to bring the kingdom of darkness down. And I'm looking at I'm looking at giant slayers in the house today. I'm, I'm looking at movers and shakers for the kingdom of God. I'm not looking at those that are, are going to shrink back. I'm not looking at those that are going to turn back. No, no, you keep pressing in to the things of God and you're going to see the victory in your life. You believe that today? Amen. And so we need to meditate on the word of God and it will bring success. We need to meditate uh, on the word of God and it will keep us from sin. When we meditate on the word, Psalms 119.11 says, your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. I'm telling you, one of the greatest Psalms in the book of Psalms is Psalms 119. Has anybody ever read Psalms 119? It'll take you about three weeks to read it. Because it's the longest Psalm in the book. I mean, it's like I'm reading it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because it's a long Psalm. But it's a great song because when the enemy's trying to 
draw us into things of sin. When the enemy's trying, oh, pastor, oh, we're Christians. We don't get tempted with sin because we, we don't have any problems with sin. Sin's not part of our makeup. That's what some people may preach. Now, I don't know about you. I got a flesh and body. I, you know, I got eyes. You know, I got, I got feelings. I got emotions. I, I can see what looks beautiful out there. God created a lot of beautiful things. Glory to God. I mean, I remember uh, I was at school and this one, one guy, I didn't watch TV back then when I was going to Bible school, but he had a problem with Babe Watch. Babe Watch. No, oh, Baywatch. Baywatch. Anybody remember Baywatch? None of you are raising your hands. <laughs> yeah, I'm watching the reruns right now, Pastor. Babe Watch. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And, and, what? Because you got to be careful what you're focusing on. You, gotta, you, can, you can't allow the enemy to put, put eye candy in front of you. Oh, they're easy on the eyes, Pastor. Easy on the eyes. Listen, be careful with those that are easy on the eyes. Amen. Amen. Why? Because on account of a per, per uh, well, I won't even go there. On, on a harlot, a man is brought down to a loaf of bread. Amen. So we'll continue. That was pretty strong. But that's what the Bible talks about. Amen. And so we need to practice the word of God to keep from sinning. We, oh, that's the number two. We need to uh, 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 put the word of God in so that we won't sin against God. Because if you put the word of God in, it will automatically, you will automatically start walking it out. Do you believe that today? And so I'm going to close it down right now. Praise the Lord. I want to go in the rest of my sermon, but I think I'm going to get the next point next week. Lord, I think you have enough to get you fired up for today. You've got to get a revelation. You've got to meditate on the word of God. I want to encourage you. We have confession sheets out there. And these confession seats, there's one that says who I am in Christ. You need to confess who you are in Christ. There's a, there's, it's the promises of God. It's, it's, it's taken out of the scriptures and you confess who you are, what you have and what you can do in Christ. There's, there's sheets on finances. Why? Because there's promises that God says that he'll bless you in your finances. And so we got to get those promises and we need to put those promises so that we can uh, uh, get our, our spirits illuminated to the fact that God wants us to prosper in this life. You were never called to be broke. Amen. You were never called to be in poverty. Amen. You were never called to be a beggar. Amen. Are you hearing what I say today? No, you're, you're, you're kings and you're priests and you're called to overcome in this financial world. Are you listening to what I'm saying? And you're never called to be sick. Or to deal with the issues in your body because by Jesus Christ you're healed. And you have to get the word of God in you and meditate on that word of God until it becomes reality in you. Until pretty soon the, the word of God is more true than the symptoms, than the lack, than whatever we deal with. And when the word of God becomes more true than that, that's where you're going to see prosperity in your lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? When the word becomes bigger, whenever the enemy puts something before you, get the word before you. Whenever the enemy tries to get something, you looking at that, focusing on that, 
thinking about that, talking about that. Oh, you listen to what I'm saying to you today? No, listen. The key is that you need to think on what's right, what's good, what's pure, what's holy, what's of good report. Think on those things. And when you start thinking on the right things, yes, oh, I might get fired. Oh, well, God's going to give you a better job. Oh, start thinking right. Amen. Oh, uh, something's out here. No, God's about ready to turn that situation around. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Whatever the enemy's trying, trying to get you to think wrong on, change your thought pattern. Start taking the word of God. Start thinking on it, meditating on it. And then when the pressure of life comes, when you get squeezed, you're not going to speak out, you know, the wrong things. You're going to speak out the right things. And when you're under pressure, I'm telling you, first words out is the most important thing. Whenever something negative is said, you first words out needs to be the word of God. Are oh, you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And when the word of God is coming out, that's where angels can take a hold of it. And he, they can manifest prosperity in whatever area of your life you need it in. Prosperity is more than just finances. It's prospering in your health, prospering in your relationships. Prosperity is, is, is money. It's just a small part of it. And God wants you to prosper even as your soul prospers. And I'm saying this to you today and decreeing today. Your soul is prospering today. You're prospering in your soul. You're prospering. And that prosperity is going to leak out into every area of your lives. Do you believe that today? Glory to God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we just thank you for your mercies, for your goodness, and for your love. And I thank you, Father God, that we're growing up in you. We're becoming those mighty giants that you've called us to be giants in faith. And we just thank you, Lord God, for every person here. I thank you for those that are watching today. And uh, uh, perhaps you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. God wants a relationship with you. And you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can have a relationship with God Almighty. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. So if you're ready to move to the next level in God, you're ready to receive Christ. Say this after me and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. I believe Jesus was raised from the dead for my justification. Father God, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I repent of all sin. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 